a privilege to welcome you to today's episode of streams in the desert this is a program packaged by the evangelical and pentecostal arm of the chaplaincy of the university college hospital ibadan nigeria this program has been designed to facilitate your encounter with god when you meet him it will make a way for you where there seems to be no way so sit back call your family and friends to watch along with you and we are sure you will be richly blessed amen Thank you for welcoming me to your space on this Easter maiden edition of Streams in the Desert. And I'd like to begin with a word of prayer. And so, Heavenly Father, we begin this series, O oh God, of streams in the desert with you as the bedrock, with you as the source of life, and with you as the one with whom all power in heaven and on earth resides. Touch every life, every person listening today and always and let each person's life become what you originally meant it to be in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord I pray Amen Perhaps you may have questions about life Why do things not always run the way that you would love it to be. Why must things go wrong? Why must there be delay? Why do things not always have a pleasant ending? And I'm not saying everything will always have a pleasant ending. I think in order to have answers to some of these, and here we do not pretend to have every answer to every situation in life. However, God has given us 
some experiences, some areas of encounter with him that we believe we can share with you. So let's go to the very beginning and where it all started. In the second chapter of the book of Genesis in the Bible, the seventh verse, and I read from the Amplified Version, it says, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and then breathed into his nostrils the breath or spirit of life. And man became a living being. In other words, just being made in the form of a man, it wasn't until that breath of God, that spirit of God, came into that form that he became a living soul. But the question was, why did things go wrong? Where did things go wrong? Because up to a point, man was in, placed in paradise, in the garden of Eden. He had ever walked with God talked with him, and he talked with God. Things were just beautiful. And God said he looked at everything he had made. And behold, it was very good. Where did things go wrong? Now, I want to submit to you that that link which existed of the Spirit of God, that he breathed into that lifeless form, that made that lifeless form become a living being. That was what was severed when man chose to go his own way. And when he did, things were never the same again. Indeed, if we recall, man was driven out of the Garden of Eden. That paradise came to an abrupt end when man chose to listen to other voices rather than the voice of God. But there is hope because it wasn't a thing that came to God as a surprise. God is omniscience. He knows everything. And before even this happened, he had a plan. And I want to refer you to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 45 to 49. And there, I want to give you a glimpse of the mind and the heart of God. And there, in the 15th chapter of Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, it reads, again I'm reading from the Amplified Version, it says, 
Thus, it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being, an individual personality. The last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. But it is not the spiritual life which came first, but the physical and then the spiritual. The first man was from out of the earth, made of dust, earthly minded. The second man is the Lord from out of heaven. Now, those who are made of the dust are like him who was first made of the dust, earthly minded. And as in the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven, i.e. heavenly minded. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so shall we. And so let us also bear the image of the man of heaven. What is all this saying? I want to give you a very important revelation here. You see, in the universe, you have to have this mind that God has created everything. Because if you have any other world view, you will miss the import of this. That life emanates from God. And without God, life has no bearing. It has no anchor. It has no power to maintain a cost of good that comes all the time. This is the real issue. God is the source of life. And when he breathed into man, man had that extension of God in him. Life. And the scripture says, when that link was broken, man lost that union with God. And man became a drifting fugitive on the face of the earth, driven by all sorts of forces, paramount amongst which the forces of darkness, the forces of evil. That's why it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are the things that contend against man. Oh, you may say, I don't believe it. Well, the choice is yours. It has all yours. We are commemorating another Easter season. And this is where God in his sovereignty chose to intervene 
Oh yes, it's over 2,000 years ago. And what bearing has it got with what we are right now? Everything. He that has the Son has life. He that does not have the Son does not have life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Where does this take us? God chose to rebuild that bridge which was broken between him and man by coming in the form of man, flesh, and offering his own son, himself, as an atoning sacrifice to redeem us from the cause that came upon us because man chose to disobey. God. And that atoning sacrifice is the reason for Easter. Christ willingly went to the cross, offered himself to be sacrificed on the cross. Why? Because shed God, there is no remission of sin. And Jesus had to demonstrate a number of times that he really is God incarnate in human flesh even before he went on the cross so for instance Lazarus died he was called even before he died but by divine providence he waited he died and was buried day one, day two, day three, day four. He was already in the tomb. Putrefying. And then Jesus showed up. And when he showed up, they said to him, he's been dead four days by now. He stinketh. He said, roll away the stone. And there, he demonstrated his deity that he is indeed God. He called Lazarus, come forth. And he who had been dead four days rose from the dead, still wrapped in his grave clothes. And he instructed them to remove the grave clothes. And he came alive. Showing that he is life. No wonder Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. He has power to take life. He has power to give life. And here, demonstrate his awesome power as God. He gave life back to Lazarus. He came back alive. And it was not just an incidental event. The daughter of Jairus, a leader in the synagogue, a 12-year-old girl, was similarly ill. The father came pleading, Father, please, come, help, my daughter is sick. Again, the time he was ready to go, the news came, don't bother him again. He is, she's dead. And he says, don't listen to that. He's only asleep. 
and there. And the Bible again recorded that in Mark 5, 22, all the way through to 43, Jesus got there and he took the young girl by the hand and lifted her up and called her, Arise. And there we saw the demonstration of the giving back of life to she who was dead. And she came and he restored her back to the parents. Thirdly, we saw a widow in a funeral procession to bury her only son. And Jesus met them in a place called Nain. And there on the way, he took the hand of that young man and raised him back to life. I could go on and count many, many episodes. But you don't need me to. The point is, he said to Thomas, in response to the question, show us the Father. And Jesus said, I've been along with you, and you say, show us the Father. He who has seen me has seen the Father. And that's why when the Jews argued with him, as for his identity, he said to them, Before Abraham was, I am. And there was only one other person, the Jews remembered, who had ever made use of that appellation. And that was Yahweh, God. When Moses asked, If I tell them, God has sent me, they will say, Which God has sent me? Sent you. And he said, when they ask you, tell them, I am has sent you. Which means the self-existing, the pre-existing has sent him. So when Jesus said to the Jews, I am, I am, they knew exactly what he was referring to. And that was what they wanted to kill him for. And that was the crime they felt he had committed. They felt he was committing blasphemy. And that was what the religious leaders of his days were offended about. And said, this is blasphemy. And although he had gone around, he blind eyes, unstopping deaf ears, loosening and raising the cripples and raising the dead. He did no ill to anybody. He did no wrong to anybody. No wonder Pilate said, for what offense would you have this man crucified? I find no fault with him. And they said, crucify him anyway. And they took him. And he was very pointed in telling them. He said, You do not take my life. I lay down my life. And I will take it again when it is time. 
And that was why he willingly offered himself. God sent him. Which is what we are commemorating. His sacrificial death on the cross after his blood was shed is the only thing that can take away the sin of man. Is the only thing that can cleanse our hearts. Is the only thing that can restore the open door to our hearts for the Spirit of God, the breath of life to come back into us. And when life comes back into us, then we can begin walking with God. The way God has in mind for us to walk. His power will be, we will be carriers of the presence of God in us because God then becomes resident in us once again. And when God is resident in you, his presence is with you all the time. God will be the director of your life. God becomes the manager of your life. That's what it means when he says, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And when you are born of water and of the you have union with God again. And then God begins to order your life. You want to know whether this is possible? Yes. You only need to look at the 37th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, where Ezekiel was taken in the spirit to the valley of dry bones. And there he saw dead, dry And the question came to him, can these bones live again? And Ezekiel had never seen anything of that nature before. So he answered correctly, Lord, you know. And he said now, prophesy. And he spoke as God commanded. And you know that story. Read it. 37th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, 1 to 14. And God raised those bones, brought them together, joints to joints, sign you to sign you, and again were a lifeless form. And God said, call the four wings and breathe into them. God put life into those lifeless forms and they became a living soul. That was a prophetic reference to the regathering of Israel to the recreation of the state and nation of Israel, which did not exist. Israel was scattered at the time Ezekiel had this revelation. And to show that God has power in heaven and on earth and over everything, he brought about the recreation of Israel again, May 14, 1948. And if God can do that, and can give life back to the dead and bring a recreation of order where there is a disorderly state. This is where I come to you. This is where Easter comes. Come back and make God. No matter how deep your sins may have been, no matter how far you may have strayed, here is what the scripture says. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as wool. Even if they are as deep red as crimson, 
God will make you white as snow again. You only need to humble yourself. Bow to him. Go back. Accept the solution that God has offered. The person of Christ. Once you do, you will become at peace with God. And when you do, then you will begin to see God intervene in your life. Making a way where there seems to be no way. Because the power of God has been restored in your life goes before you and like he went before Israel as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night making a way in the desert so he will make the way begin to restore peace begin to restore joy begins to restore a return to the death that for you that's what he says I know the thoughts that I have towards you. They are thoughts of peace, not of evil. It is to bring an Make peace with God today. Let Jesus into your heart. Open that heart. You are the only one who can open it. And when you do, he will come in. He will forgive your past. He will not remember them anymore beginning and God becomes the manager of your life and you will have a new beginning a clean slate to begin all over again try him I have tried him and that's what makes me have the life that I have now it is a joyful life it is an overcoming life to which I unapologetically invite you to all taste and see that the Lord is good. Until we meet again the next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Bow your heads as I say the closing prayer and say this prayer after me. Mean it. Make it your own. Oh God, realize I have strayed I realize I have sinned against you. And today, I repent of my sins. I return to you. And I ask your merciful forgiveness. I ask your gracious washing of my sins away in the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. And I ask that you will become my Savior and my Lord from this day forth. Put your spirit and the breath of life in me again that I might have life and life more abundantly again. In Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you say prayer, we believe that God because he says he that cometh on you, he will in no wise cast out. God has you to become his child again. That union is established. Find a living church near you. Join that church and meet the pastor. Tell them what has just happened to you. And God will begin to show you the for his namesake. Until we meet again in the next episode, God bless you.